We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, a brand new NBA and variety show. It is August 26, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Silvio. Luke, what's going on? I'm great, man. There's uh, a lot, you know, not so much kind of slow in the NBA, it felt like, this week. So uh, not much. My my eyes are fully set on college football starting this weekend. It is week zero in the NCAA, so I'm pretty pumped. Well, yeah, I think that we've now entered, like, the dog days of summer as it you know pertains to the NBA season. I mean, we really just have like what six weeks or so until like training camp and preseason is going to be gearing up and everything like that. So yeah, we're going to be uh, kind of hurting for content the next few weeks, but with the last couple of seasons, as the NBA calendar tries to get back on track season ends, and then it just seems in a matter of time, the season is starting back up again. So um, if you guys haven't heard the podcast that we released um, last Monday, I think it was, with George Carl. Yes, George Carl, the sixth winningest coach in NBA history. We sure. interviewed him for the Six Man Show. If you guys want to go back in the podcast feed and check that out, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about drinking beer with Coach Carl and, and playing golf and his Sacramento days and when he almost you know coached the Orlando Magic, maybe, back in 2015. So that was a lot of fun. Um, if you guys haven't checked that out, please go do so. Yeah, so Jonathan, the first thing that I wanted to kind of jump into tonight was the NBA, you know, we're getting closer to the season. So really the the main NBA content that we're going to talk about is the over-under uh, win totals that have been set out by, you know, odds makers. The one that uh, we're going to be looking at here is betonline.ag. Have you looked at these at all in, in terms of kind of if there's anything that stands out to you um, on these, you know, over-unders? I know if you want to talk about the Magic, we can definitely do that. I know that their odds, uh, you know, wasn't... Uh, wasn't very many wins on the roster. I think they had them at like 23 and a half over under. Well, I, I meant to look at those odds. You were supposed to send me those <laughs> odds. So I actually, I'm trying to pull them up right now. Yeah. Um, bet, uh, online.ag. So if, while we're going through this, if you want to <laughs> yeah, yeah. send so, those over to me, yeah. uh, I'll take a look at those and, and see what we're looking so, at. Yeah. So you got them there in the chat here. Um, okay, and you could take a look at them there, but um, I'll kind of tell you what what sticks out to me as far as who I think should really blow by their total. 
I mean, if you're looking at, you know, last year's uh, wins, the ones that really stick out to me, uh, Philly is one of them. Last year, Philly, one seed in the East, wins 49 games on a 72-game schedule, Jonathan. So um, their over-under is actually set at 51.5 this year. Um, obviously the interesting thing is I'm sure they're factoring in Ben Simmons getting traded at some point. Doesn't seem like he's really going to play. What is that even going to turn into? So in that regard, I can see them hitting an under, but it's, that's kind of, that's if, if Ben Simmons ends up having to play this season, I think that they could blow by 51 and a half wins solely because in the 72 game season, they get that 49 wins. An 82-game season, that's 10 more games. I think that they can hit that over you know, 51 and a half. Yeah, obviously it's all going to come down to what happens with Ben Simmons. If he's moved, what kind of return. Um, in the last couple of weeks or so, I've heard more of the Ben Simmons potentially in some type of trade for Damian Lillard, which I think would just be a home run trade uh, You know, by the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know how interested Portland is going to be in that, but I think even if they keep Ben Simmons or if they trade for Damian Lillard, I do think that's a pretty safe over. Um, Really quickly looking at our Orlando Magic, over is 23 and a half wins. Um, Depending on what, I mean, I guess these odds are definitely going to change, but that's a team that I'm looking at uh, in terms of betting the over on that because I think we have a chance to be a little bit better than that. Um, But yeah, I mean... I think that you're, you're with that odd, I mean... Vegas is and the odds makers are absolutely saying that T Ross and Gary Harris are getting traded. I think that's what that means. That that they're really putting their money on T Ross being traded, the team kind of pushing you know, taking everything out of contention when it comes to, you know, trade deadline, all star break around those times. That's when maybe the team starts to say, you know what, I think we start to tank. You know, not necessarily tank specifically but make moves that you know similar to uh but not near as drastic as when Vucevic and Fournier and AG get traded at the deadline I think that you know you look at that you know the magic going downhill significantly and who knows how many games I mean we on our six-man show the most recent episode we did kind of went through the schedule the schedule's pretty brutal so there is a, a definite reality where the magic went under 23 and a half I just don't know I mean you think 23 is you know not a lot but season starts going and you're like, I don't know if these guys are going to eclipse 20. <laughs> well, another team that I'm looking at that I find pretty interesting. So looking at uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So right now they're over and they're over is 41 and a half wins. Mm. Last year, Memphis won 38 games in a 72 yeah. game season. Jaron Jackson Jr. basically didn't play the entire season. You're going to have another year, you know, of John ja Morant and, you know, guys like, I know they're talking about potentially moving like a Dylan Brooks, yeah. but you have him. You know, you've got you know Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, like some of these young guys. And yeah. I think Memphis has a real opportunity to be better. If you look at a team like L.A., the Clippers won 47 games last year. You know, they're not going to have um, they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard next year. You look at the Denver Nuggets, who won 47 games last year. Right now, um, these odds that I'm looking at, uh, Denver, their over is 47 and a half wins. Without Jamal Murray for the entire season, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I think another one that, you know, so you mentioned Memphis, which if you kind of flip that on its head, the Cavaliers are one of the suitors, one of the people that are looking to, you know, one of the teams that are looking to try to acquire Dylan Brooks. 
you look at last season, I mean, Cleveland wins 22 games, right? Um, I mean, there was their over-under here. Their over-under is 26 and a half. If you acquire Dylan Brooks, do you think that that Cleveland team becomes a team that wins more than 26 games? Why? Well, I- Obviously, it depends on you know what they're going to have to give up for Dylan Brooks. Like they've been talking, you know, potentially they want to move Colin Sexton. Maybe they mm-hmm. want to move Kevin Love. If it's just adding Dylan Brooks to that young core and you're able to move on from like a Kevin Love, um, yeah. you know, somebody like that, and you don't have to move on from Colin Sexton or Darius Garland, then yeah, I definitely think Cleveland can get over the twenty six and a half wins there. Um, and then you look at like Brooklyn over fifty five and a half wins, like. They have a really good opportunity to hit the over on that. Won yeah. 48 games last year. Obviously, you know, James Harden missed time. Kyrie Irving missed significant time. Kevin Durant missed a ton of time. Like, if those guys can get healthy, like, those guys are winning 60 games falling out of bed. Yeah. Uh, the other one that really stands out to me in terms of the over, though, is Phoenix. I mean, they're set at 51 and a half. Last year, they won 51 games in a in a 72-game season. I don't see why they can't win over 51 and a half. I mean, I, I don't, they're the same as the Sixers and I think they're better than the Sixers. Obviously they paint it play in a, a, t- a deeper conference than the Sixers. So they're going to be playing more, you know, difficult teams, but it went at 51 last year. I don't see why they can't do that again this year. I know CP three is a year older, but is that really going to harm their chances of being able to get past that win total? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that that's probably a little bit of like the finals hangover. Just Mm -hmm. like Chris Paul ending the Western Conference Finals, starting the NBA Finals, was just shooting the lights out of the ball. And then obviously, you know, his inability, and maybe it was, you know, whatever shoulder thing was going on with him, but his inability really to score efficiently throughout that series definitely came back to bite Phoenix. So I don't know if it's just that little bit of a hangover, or maybe it's. You know, yeah, they made it to the NBA Finals. They won a ton of games last year, but we all know, you know, like the Lakers, you know, weren't healthy for a lot of stretches last year. And maybe, you know, now people have, you know, seen the tape on a full year of Phoenix being really, really good. Um, maybe they just don't believe that that's going to be able to happen again. Um, last team that I'm looking at that is a little surprising is Toronto Raptors. You know, the over is 36 and a half wins uh, last year. Obviously, 72 game season, won 27 games. You know, they just traded for Precious Achua and Goran Dragic in the Kyle Lowry deal. They've got Scotty Barnes, still got Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, Eric Boucher. Like, that's a, a pretty deep young team. You know, obviously, Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the league. They were, you know, decimated by COVID and injuries last year. They've got our boy Ken Birch. Um, they finished the season on like a seven-game losing streak. So, looking at... 36 and a half wins. I definitely think Toronto has the ability to eclipse that. What do you think? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say so in that regard, but I think that there's a win total, Jonathan, that sticks out to me that I think I would, I might honestly go and I don't bet, but if I did, uh, I would go out. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you lying? I I would go out and uh, place a bet on the under on the Blazers. You look at the Blazers, man. I mean, under 47 and a half wins, I don't think that that's going to be would be hard to attain solely because of their new head coach. I don't think I mean, Jason Kidd's got barely over that 500 mark. So, you're talking about Portland, you mean Chauncey? Huh? 
Portland Trailblazers? You mean Chauncey Billups? Yes. Yeah, wait. Hold on. Getting my coaches mixed up here, Jonathan. Yeah, buddy. Wait, hold on. Jason Kidd's coaching the Dallas Mavericks, Luke, this season. Oh, you're right about Chauncey that. Chauncey Billups is, yeah, you forgot the whole fiasco with their GM and <laughs> Where saying that wanted. they did this huge investigation into Chauncey Billups and then wouldn't talk about the investigation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, well, that did happen. Luke's, you're right Luke's been watching Naruto this week and has been in Little Weebland <laughs> and uh, just completely forgot about which coaches are where this season. So, folks, please apologize. I, so, yeah. are we talking about Portland or are we talking about Dallas here? We are talking about Portland. I, okay. I do think that that with with Dame and kind of the whole thing there, does he want to leave? Does he not want to leave? I think his over under uh, should definitely hit the under on the forty seven and a half wins. I mean, what last year yeah, they went forty two. Um, that's a that's a Western Conference that really didn't get worse by any stretch. I don't see why why they're not and Portland able to do didn't it. really get better this off season. No, they got more disgruntled, and that's it. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, just I'm don't. taking the under on that. Absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is there uh, anything else on this over-under list, Jonathan, that uh, that sticks out to you? Or are you... Uh, I mean, you know, the Lakers sitting there at 52, which uh, looking at the rest of this sheet, I think would be third in the league behind Brooklyn and then Milwaukee. Milwaukee at 54, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Like I, I don't really know what I would take there. Um, but the Lakers at 52 and a half, I, I really don't know what I'm taking there, Luke, just because like stars are going to figure it out. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, like those guys are still all stars. Carmelo Anthony is like a, a fading star. I, I don't even know if we can call him that at this point. But I really believe that those guys, if they want to win badly enough and they're all super smart basketball players, they'll find a way to make it work. Um, but last year, you know, looking at the Lakers, 42 wins, they're going to have to stay healthy. I'm, I'm really not convinced that Anthony Davis is going to be able to stay healthy for 82 games. I just don't know the last time that we saw that. Um, the washed king, as they say, <laughs> um, is he going to be able to bounce back from, you know, that ankle injury that he was dealing with really, really for you know, half of the year last year, father time is undefeated. Like it comes for everybody. At some point you just start to have these little ticky tack injuries that doesn't allow you to get back to a hundred percent. And if LeBron James isn't totally at a hundred percent this season, if Anthony Davis isn't going to stay healthy, you know, at times they might be looking at Russell Westbrook to, you know, be their number one guy at times. And that's 
as you've seen in the past, um, you know, I don't think he's suited to be the number one guy, even in his prime. But 52 wins, I think I would probably take the under on that. I'd probably put their over-under at like 50 wins. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it's hard to know with them. I, I think that the, the issue... They could win 60 games this year and I could look like a moron. Right, exactly. But you don't know. Can Anthony Davis... There's too many question marks. Can Anthony Davis stay healthy? Is this team going to be cohesive? Like, will their team chemistry be good enough that they can string together, you know, long amount of wins? I mean... Let's not act like, you know, I know the injuries played a huge role, but you also can't ignore it. Last year um, played into the fact that they didn't win as many games as they should have with the talent that they had. And then they come in and they lose first round to the Phoenix Suns, who eventually would make the finals. But, I mean, they going into that series, everybody was thinking that, you know, that the Lakers could win. I mean, very easily almost. So, I mean, even though it was a two-versus-seven matchup, I know me and you and other people that I've talked to, going into that series we're like there's no reason the lakers can't win and um so yeah i i don't know i think that's one where i would stay away from betting that at all um i don't think that there'd be anything good that could come from that um because you really just you you have no idea you said russell westbrook i wanted to ask you about this did you happen to see i know it's your uh your birthday today wednesday as record so happy birthday also by the way officially thank here you, thank you thank um did you hear Oscar Robertson, what he said about Russell Westbrook and his triple doubles. Yeah, do you have the quote here? Because I I do want to get into it, but I would like to give Oscar like the full quote before we start, um, before we really start getting into this. So yeah, uh, let's see. Here. Yeah, we can we have uh, that. We can pull it up here. Yeah, it says he should have won MVP again if he averaged a triple double again, and he didn't. So why keep stats then? So obviously he's talking about a few years ago when. Uh, Russell averaged a triple-double and won MVP. A lot of people will argue that James Harden should have won MVP. I think that was 2017. And, you know, there has been some arguments about this over the you know past few years. Obviously, averaging a triple-double is incredibly impressive. Like, they're, I mean, it's Russell Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the only guys that have ever averaged a triple-double. And Russell Westbrook, I think by now, he's like the all-time leader in triple-doubles yeah. You know, in NBA history. And he really just started going on this streak of triple doubles like the last, you know, four or five years or whatever. It's not like he's always been doing this. So, right. like, the man's really been getting busy multiple seasons averaging a triple double. But people have started to call into question, like, exactly how valuable is that? Like, how valuable is it to go in, you know, continue to win these, you know, triple double awards and everything like that? If, if you look at Russell Westbrook and, you know, especially his time in Oklahoma City and then, you know, his time in Houston with, with James Harden, like Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, has never been suited to be the guy on a team. He's going to be, you know, in the prime of his career, probably was good enough to be the second best player on a team. Um, but if he's the guy that you're going to, like every single possession, you know, to, to get you a bucket, to, to make the right decisions, whatever the case is, like when I look at Russell Westbrook and you look at his, you know, three point percentage, Russell Westbrook is it's not even arguable, he's the worst volume three point shooter in the history of the NBA. I said for years, if he can just take that part out of his game mm-hmm. and maybe just, you know, focus on getting to the rim a few more times a game, trying to get to the free throw line, it would increase his efficiency a little bit. Obviously we know he's had one of the highest usage rates in the NBA over the past four or five years. Um, I don't know. I just 
I, I think there's something to the argument that triple doubles are not that valuable. And when you talk about Russell Westbrook last, you know, last year on a, a bad, you know, a, not a great Wizards team, the, the MVP almost always goes to one of the best teams in the league. And if you're not on one of the best teams in the league, apart from 2017 when Russell Westbrook was not one, on one of the best teams in the league, again, that award should have went to, to James Harden. But people were just so enamored you know, by the triple-double and the fact that they were in playoff contention and everything like that, that it basically is like a narrative-based vote. Like We hear this every single year. Like last year, people were talking about you know, if LeBron James should be the MVP. Did he play at MVP levels last year in certain stretches? Definitely. But when you look at what some of the other guys are doing across the league, like Jokic, like absolutely deserved the MVP last year. Yeah, for sure. So we but... get caught up in these narratives all the time. So Oscar's asking, why are we looking at numbers? Like we don't always look at numbers. That's why Russell won the first MVP. Yeah, no, I mean we don't look at numbers, and I, I can't help but like get irritated with Oscar Robertson for saying this because it's like I get it, like triple double brothers, they ride together. And he just wants him to win, you know, another MVP, probably because Oscar feels he should have won more than one MVP. I, I don't know what the motive is. I, it just feels like Oscar Robertson is just like the biggest Russell Westbrook fan because of the triple double commonality. And it's like at some point, Oscar, like, give it a rest, big guy. I don't I don't think that it, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. It's why you only won one MVP despite your triple doubles and whatever, like. I mean, it, it, Russell Westbrook is just the you know the new age of Oscar Robertson, and he's just seems to be a little irritated that Russell's not winning MVP. Still, it's like I like you said, Jonathan. I I think he was lucky to win that one. I don't I don't think I think it was just a huge task, and everybody's enamored by it. And there was a narrative MVP voting. I don't even want to get started. The MVP voting usually isn't right anyway. I don't I don't think that the truly the best player in the league ever wins that award with obviously exceptions it's not ever i mean but if, well, if it like, was with really the most exceptions. valuable player lebron james would have like 10 mvps like michael yeah. jordan would have like 10 mvps right you know like it, it doesn't go to the actual most valuable player in the league every year yeah like, no there's just always some type of narrative like if a guy's playing really well his team's really good uh even if he's not technically the most valuable guy like the narrative, like, oh, this guy has never won before. This team is playing really well this year. We want to give it to this guy now. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't I, want to start this like a LeBron James schmooze fest or whatever, <laughs> but it's, it's, if you just go like year by year, yeah. The best player in the league doesn't always win MVP. Like, no. if we, if we talk about like the, the first uh, Steve Nash MVP, for a guy to average 15 points a game, I know he led the league in assists and everything, but for a guy to score 15 points per game and win the MVP, like that's crazy, and people have talked for years about like you know how Kobe was robbed of MVPs by Steve Nash, you know winning the MVPs yeah. that he did. But like when you think about it, 15 points a game and winning an MVP that is wild will never happen again. We were talking with Kevin earlier this week about how Ben Wallace, you know, made I think it was four All Star games, never in his entire <laughs> career averaged double digit points. Never. That will never happen again. That I think if we talk about and like, inducted years ago, into the Hall of Fame. And inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, multiple, you know, um, defensive player of the year, NBA champion, crazy good rebounder. Like, there's the case to be made for him being in the Hall of Fame, right? But it's just crazy to hear that stat that he never scored double, double digits for his career 
and made, you know, four all-star games. I think a lot of that was part of the success that Detroit had. When we look back a few years ago, like when Kyle Korver and, you know, Paul Millsap, uh, you know, all Jeff T, like all those guys, you know, made the All Star team or whatever. Yeah. Um. Whatever Atlanta's, I don't even know if it was Jeff T back then. Whatever their all their <laughs> starting lineup was, and like four of the five starters made it, and then they got absolutely waxed in the playoffs. That's not, neither here nor there. Um. But yeah, it just it just goes to show you that you know these types of awards don't always go to the best player. There's a lot of context that goes into this. There are things that are driven by narratives and by writers and by the media. But yeah, I mean, I'm not annoyed by Oscar Robertson. Like, I get it, but I just think people are starting to think differently. The more triple doubles that we see from Russell Westbrook, it's amazing. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, and I don't like to use the term empty stats, but I think people sort of understand now that the triple doubles don't exactly translate to wins. All right, let's uh, shift gears here, Jonathan. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's college football. Coming up here uh, in just a few days. Do you? Uh, I know Jonathan. You know you don't really dabble in college football that much. You're a big UNC guy. You know you're looking up Sam Howell Heisman odds. I mean you're yes. you're big into that. But what I wanted to start doing is on this show every week now that college football is starting, and obviously once NFL gets kicked off underway, we can obviously go through those spreads as well. Is just give some uh, some some betting picks for the weekend okay i'm not going to do a ton of them i'm not a professional better by any means so guys just because i say it don't come at me if you place the bet because i said it just please don't do that uh however uh i feel pretty this is good not financial advice exactly uh and this weekend though there's a couple games there's one that kicks off week zero is what they call it uh with college football Nebraska is traveling to Illinois, and Nebraska is favored by seven. Nebraska is the team, the same team who last year Jonathan uh, got absolutely demolished by Illinois in Nebraska. Also, Illinois is returning their starters. Nebraska is not doing that, and it wouldn't matter to me if they did. So Nebraska being favored (laughs) by seven is kind of insane to me. So the first pick that we're going to put on the board here, Jonathan, and you know, next week, you know, in, in weeks to come, we'll look back and just see kind of what the record is, okay, for okay. college. And then once you hop in on the NFL bets, especially, um, maybe you're feeling zealous, overzealous, and you want to get into college bets. The the more that that we get into these, mm. but my first uh, my first pick of the two for this week is Illinois plus seven. It's a full touchdown. They're at home. I know they have a new head coach. I really don't care because just based on the game last year, as well as how many starters Illinois is uh, is bringing back, I don't think it's going to matter. So I'm locking in Illinois plus seven. Now, the next game that I wanted to talk about and the final picks here is UTEP versus New Mexico State. The games are thin, Jonathan. The games this weekend are very thin, and I had to reach deep, deep down for this one. Okay, I'm I'm going to take UTEP. UTEP is favored. The line is UTEP minus ten. I'm going to take UTEP minus ten. Solely, were they playing New Mexico State? Mm. Um, but I I don't have any problem with it because New Mexico State played two games last year. 
they played two games last year because of COVID, and one of them was against Tarleton State. Who's Tarleton State, you ask? I have no idea. Um, so as a result, I'm taking UTEP solely for the fact that there's no way New Mexico State is going to come out looking clean. There's a reason that UTEP is favored by double digits here. And also, I'm playing in the big theme this week is returning starters. UTEP is returning all 11 starters on offense. They averaged 5.2 yards per play last year, which isn't anything incredible. But against a team that only played two games, UTEP's no juggernaut. They're going to get smacked around this year by a lot of good teams. But I I don't see, like, they're they're probably not even going to make a bowl game. But I just don't see them not being able to cover minus 10 against a team that's just not as good in New Mexico State and isn't going to be fresh at all when it when it comes to that jonathan so what do you you think you're uh you think they're going to put any any bets this weekend on college football based on what i just told you did it did i entice you at all no i i would never in my entire <laughs> life you know bet illinois versus nebraska or utep versus new mexico like that's just not really the way that i fly there are just too many teams in college and too many games and just weird things always happen in college sports like I don't like betting like basketball just in general because literally like any given night anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I would definitely never bet college basketball and I don't know enough about college football to actually start putting money on things. Yep. When I look, however, at the odds to win the ACC, Clemson is minus 900, all right? Second behind Clemson is North Carolina at plus 700. Obviously, you know, Clemson is one of the favorites to win the national championship. However, North Carolina is ranked 10th this season to start the season. Uh, they're going to start the season uh, at Virginia Tech. They're going to have some marquee matchups. Obviously, they'll play uh, currently ranked number 14 Miami this year. Uh, the following week, they'll be in Notre Dame. Notre Dame's currently uh, ranked 10th. So North Carolina, maybe if they run the table, you know, maybe they're able to play in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Maybe they upset Clemson. This is definitely not going to happen, but I would like to see it. The reason that I really don't pay a lot of attention to college football in previous years is because the college that I root for is North Carolina. Right now, up to the last handful of years, North Carolina is never good. Like you know, they'll have a you know four or five win season here or there, but you know, last couple of you know years, Mac Brown, my boy Sam Howell, like you said, um, they're starting to gain some moment some momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they are becoming you know a better team in the ACC. I'm not saying they're Clemson. That would be silly. Um, but I think it's at least going to be uh, an interesting year for North Carolina. Maybe they're in the conversation in terms of like the ACC championship game going into the last you know few few weeks of the season. Uh, in terms of the Heisman, I mean Sam Howell there at plus seventeen hundred. Let's see, he's got one, two, three, four, five. So he's the sixth guy. Um, you know, behind like guys like Rattler, and I'm not even going to pronounce the quarterback's name from Clemson. Um, you know, <laughs> Sam Howell had a pretty good season last year. I'm hoping that he can step it up a little bit and, and, and maybe, you know, be a Heisman finalist. I, that would be a win for me if he's even a finalist this year. Yeah, for sure. The one thing I'll say real quick before we move on to something completely off topic and the only non-sports thing that we'll probably talk about this week, um, maybe, is the, the fact that Clemson starts their year off against Georgia um, week one. So not this weekend, but next weekend, right? Clemson starts off. I was looking at this the other day. They start off against Georgia, and then they don't play a single ranked team as of now. They're not. There's nobody ranked yet the rest of the year. So, wow. Jonathan, what I'll say 
is yes, they're going to have a lot of games to kind of refine their skills. They're going to beat up on Florida State. Sorry, Kevin. Um, who is listening to while we record this, by right. the way. Yeah, so I apologize, We'll Kevin. be lucky if he doesn't unmute his mic off, you know, coming <laughs> off the top rope. Uh, but um, so, so Clemson doesn't play anybody ranked besides Georgia at the beginning of the year, which they're favored by three points. And who knows, I might have a, a spread that I away that I lean next weekend. But, I mean, you're looking at a, a great possibility that you do see a North Carolina-Clemson ACC championship. And Clemson is going to be coming off of games that just aren't challenging at all for them um you know and and you know you guys finish the year with nc state per usual but you know in the middle of your schedule man you guys have miami and notre dame back-to-back weeks there so you guys are going to have some tests and you're going to find out a lot about about the unc team so i don't see why unc especially with trevor lawrence gone can't keep it close and etn as well running back so um that'll be interesting to see for sure now I want to switch gears, Jonathan. Go heels. To Mount Rushmore's. Okay? This means, for those of you who aren't familiar, all right, with history, Mount Rushmore's four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to talk fruit because I wanted to talk vegetables, but you just said, like, vegetables don't really get you going that way. Let's start the conversation right here. All right, so before we started recording, you said you wanted to go over, like, a vegetable Mount Rushmore. Right, like Luke gets into these like weird moods where like one night he has asparagus or Brussels sprouts and he's making Instagram stories and taking polls, and then for like the next twenty four hours he's all hot in the pants about vegetables. And tonight he wants to talk about his vegetable route about Mount Rushmore, and nice. we can get to that. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to say. I'm just never like, I don't crave vegetables. Like I don't ever. I told you I don't ever wake up and I'm you know sitting at my desk working. I'm like you know what man. Tonight I gotta have some asparagus or some. Tonight I gotta have some Brussels, you know, and some balsamic vinaigrette or anything Ooh, like that. Talk to now, me. My wife. Oh boy. My <laughs> wife starts telling me, "Oh, you know, tonight I'm, you know, gonna make a, you know, a few steaks and you know, gonna do some asparagus." And I'm like, "Oh, now we're talking. Like, all right, mm-hmm. asparagus. I can do asparagus, especially the way my wife makes it. She does a little bit of olive oil, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of garlic, some some, you know, uh, shredded or grated Parmesan cheese, a little oh, bit of that. Love that. Throws it in the oven. It comes yeah. out. You know, the the top is all crunchy. Like, forget right. about it. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm not like an a vegetable hater by any means. I just don't really get excited for vegetables. Like I told you, I have a sickness. Sometimes I wake up and it's 930, and I know that for lunch or maybe even for dinner that night, I know that I'm having Taco Bell. Like it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and I'm thinking about quesaritos and cheesy gordita crunches. That's just the kind of guy that I am. (laughs) So it's not that I don't like vegetables. They just I don't get all hot and bothered by them. Okay. All right. Well, not that anybody asked, but because I do get hot and bothered by vegetables, uh, my Mount Rushmore firmly right now is Brussels sprouts, number one. Uh, we've also got cauliflower on this list. We've got sweet no, potatoes. See? Nope. And we've got spinach rounding out the Mount Rushmore. You don't even have asparagus on the top, on the on the Rushmore? Nah, it's probably, I haven't done my, my deep dive into my vegetables yet, but it's probably in the six range for me. Now, how because do you, I'm putting how do you baked prefer potatoes. your spinach I'm, to be prepared, by the way? Let me ask you that. Like, I'm a big, like, cream spinach guy. Okay. No, so typically, uh, I mean, honestly, it, it's easy in a in a skillet or a pan, whatever you want to do, and you're just putting, like, you know, min- minced garlic in there or any type of garlic in there. That's really all I need in, with, you know, salt, 
pepper, that type of stuff, obviously. So you like them sautéed, you know, yeah. just cook them yeah, just, know, pretty quickly in the it, pan, a little bit of seasoning, yeah, maybe some oil, and, and you're yeah. good. And I'm good to go, and I, that, I, I do love spinach that way. The thing that I can't, I cannot get behind the cauliflower. I can, I cannot Why? support that. I, I just like I've tried like cauliflower in like a few different. Uh, it's a versatile know, broccoli, of, by the way. Yeah, like the cauliflower rice sucks. Okay, like mashed cauliflower sucks. Like I just, I don't That's appreciate terrible. the cauliflower. That's terrible. I can't do it. I don't uh, mind cauliflower just, rice. It like it really wants to be broccoli, but it doesn't have like all the flavor that broccoli has, and broccoli doesn't have that much flavor, so you're not saying much. Oh boy! All right. Even well, though I appreciate, I appreciate broccoli. Like it's fine. Is sweet potato but, in your like top four? See, sweet potato. This is the thing. If I'm just gonna sit down and like eat a potato or like a baked potato of any sort, like I'm going the normal like Idaho like russet potato. Like, okay, I'm so getting you're a the, potato the butter guy in there, sweet potato, the, the sour cream. You know, like the bacon bits, the cheddar cheese. Like I'm I'm going all in on that. No, this is what I will say when it. I'm gonna give the sweet potato its due respect. Um, I just like it in a little bit different of a setting. So when we start talking about like Thanksgiving must haves, the candied yams, if there are not candied yams on the, on the Thanksgiving table, I will not be there. I'll mm. go down the street to the Jeffersons and have their candied yams, <laughs> like the candied yams, like the brown sugar, like the marshmallow, you got to burn the marshmallow on the top just a little bit. Right. And I'm, I'm in there like swimwear, my guy, right. I just don't do the sweet potato just like for dinner, I guess you would say now. Sweet potato fries, I'm all over that as well. Yeah. I just don't really do like the mashed or like baked sweet potato. I prefer like the traditional sweet potato or okay. potato. All right. You feel like you're eating dessert if you're eating a sweet potato and it's just uh, like typically with dinner. typically yeah. 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 I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a degenerate when it comes to food. Uh, mm-hmm. I could be a healthy, more healthy eater. I'll definitely say that, but um, you know, I'm I'm alive and kicking, you know what I mean? So What's your number but, one? Uh, what's your number one fruit? My number one fruit, uh, I would probably say pineapple. Has I really to be. like the last They're, few years. Yeah. I've really started to enjoy pineapple more. Like, I just so many different like pineapple juice. If you're you know putting that with you know maybe a little bit of Malibu, a little bit of you know coconut mm-hmm. rum, a little here mm-hmm. and there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, drink responsibly, folks. <laughs> um, but apart from that, like the pineapple we've talked about, you can put it on pizza. Which if you don't agree with that, just shut the podcast off right now. I don't want you listening anyways. Uh, mm. Put it on a burger. Uh, put it like, anywhere. You know, Grilled pineapple. My dad every year uh, for Christmas does like a ham, um, mm-hmm. and he'll do grilled pineapple and he'll put that around the ham. Love like that. that's just absolutely fire. Yeah. Um, even just you know you're going out to the beach, you're going to be hanging by the pool all day. You just grab some diced pineapple from the produce section at your Publix. Just just do that. You do yourself a favor. You're welcome. Just a very like versatile, like refreshing fruit. I just yeah. I love pineapple. Outside of that. I'm probably going watermelon. I love watermelon, like a nice cold summer sweet watermelon, dude. Come on, like, yeah. It's pineapple, it's watermelon, and then it's everybody else. Like, forget about the grapes, the apples, the honeydew, the cantaloupe. Like, it just give me the watermelon, give me the pineapple, and I'm straight. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on mango? A right, nice ripe mango. All right, thought? mango, mango. Okay, mango deserves its its place in the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's I have noticed it's not as versatile. What I will say about mango is I do enjoy mango in like a nice salsa, like yeah. a pineapple nice mango, mango salsa. salsa. Oh, good night. Throw some cilantro in there, mm-hmm. a little bit of tomato, some fresh onion, and it's it's GG, as yeah. the boys would say. Right. Um, but no, I, I do appreciate mango. Um, there's a, a restaurant uh, near my house. Uh, it's 
they classify it as like a Pacific Coastal Grill. I don't know what the heck that means. <laughs> they have these pork plantain bites. Yeah. So it's the sweet, the platanos. You know, I like them nice and sweet and ripe. Then it's the pulled pork. They drizzle a little bit of barbecue sauce on there. Mm. But then they have like almost like a mango salsa on that. And it just, right. uh, dude, it just Flaps. sets it off. Oh, yeah. absolutely slaps. Just slaps. So I, yeah. I my, my Mount Rushmore, just to summarize here, is pineapple, peach, mango, and banana. Banana slides in there solely because of, like, if it's around the house and I just need to go, its convenience factor is underrated, I think. And and don't even tell me that Apple would beat, beat it because of convenience factor. Apples suck, okay? Apples mm. are, are, are... Depends. Are... Are, they're mediocre. Exactly. It depends. It depends. Yeah. That's my point. Now, they're you, very you, mediocre. You don't want to hear my take. What you is know, your take? I'm a texture guy. I can't do bananas. You don't like banana texture. No, no, no. I don't. I do not like banana texture. What I will say is if banana is in anything else, I'll eat the crap out of it. Like, first of all, any type of, you know, you give me like a banana Laffy Taffy. I'm not even chewing the Laffy Taffy. <laughs> I'm just basically swallowing it. All right. But, I'm, I'm slamming that back. But like banana pudding, yeah. Um, like Bananas banana foster. bread, bananas. Oh, give me a oh. break. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. But yeah, I just I can't do the banana by itself. The only time I've ever been able to eat a banana, like just raw, just you know, you're peeling it and throwing it back. I ran a 5K a few years ago. My mm. legs, I thought I thought they were gonna fall off. They were yeah. cramping that badly. Cramps, so I was bananas. Like, I need that potassium. But ate the banana. I felt great. But other than that, I just bananas, I eat man. The banana. I'm it telling taste you, taste bad. It, it's not the texture. The, the convenience factor of a banana, the versatility of a banana, the cramp factor of a banana, is is it's got to be your Mount Rushmore. It has to be. Agree to disagree. Okay, it's a good All flavor, right. top tier flavor, but cannot do the texture. Okay, you, you got anything else for me? You playing any video games? You you know watching uh, any shows? Anything I'm, that you're into I'm right playing, now? Still, I'm playing the same video week? games. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been going super ham on Final Fantasy. Yeah. Apart from that, I saw a trailer this week um, for the Wukong game that's going to be coming out. I don't know if they have a release date on that, uh, but it's made with the Unreal 5 engine, and the game just looks incredible. So if anyone doesn't know uh, the story of Wukong, I think it's at least you know hundreds or if not thousands of years old. It's you know like a, a Chinese like mythological legend. Um, he's basically some type of like you know monkey character is what he looks like. But if you're familiar at all with the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z series, like I know Luke is, um, or maybe are you familiar with Dragon Ball Z? I feel not, like you are. I I, I know Dragon Ball right, Z, so, and I know some things. I'm going to get well, into okay, it. You're, all right, that's what you said. You're going to watch Dragon yes, Ball Z after that's next after on my Naruto, list. right? Yeah. Okay, and we, we'll have a little quick sidebar on Naruto at the end here. Um, So if you're not a nerd, like you'll have to turn the last couple of minutes off because like it's gonna get steamy in here. We might have lost that fruit Mount Rushmore anyway. Yeah, probably they're probably gone anyway. So we'll just keep talking about what we want to talk about. Exactly. So um, you don't know much about Goku, but supposedly the character of Goku from uh, I almost said Final Fantasy from Dragon Ball Z is based around Wukong. Like Goku in the Dragon Ball series, he has like a staff that like extends that he can use to like, you know, fight bad guys and whatnot. Yeah. Um Goku has, you know, like a monkey tail. He rides on the Nimbus Cloud. All of these things are taken from like the legend of Wukong. But okay. um if you guys haven't watched that trailer yet, like would absolutely recommend going and watch that because I'm gonna be playing the absolute crap out of that when it comes out. What about you? Um so last week it was Halo because I had been playing Halo for probably the last month, honestly. 
uh, waiting on the new release. We talked about Halo Infinity coming out here, and, you know, shortly. The beta is out right now. People who applied, basically, some are getting access. I haven't yet. Uh, one of my friends has said it's really great. Uh, the Infinity gameplay. Regardless, the game I'm playing right now that I got back into, which I started playing when it first came out, is Apex Legends. Mm. So my brother's th- a big Apex guy. Yeah, and and so. Apex, for those of you who don't know, it's like, you know, character, ultimate, power-based, you know, every character's got Champions, their own abilities. Like, or, or they call them legends, actually, right. um, in Apex. Yes, but, yeah. exactly. Um, precisely. So, I've been getting into that lately again. And it's it's trash if you play it with randoms, as is most multiplayer games. It's absolutely just dog water if you don't play with your friends so um i've been playing with my friends we've been running trios on there ranked uh trios and kind of you know leveling up and all that stuff i love the ranking systems in games by the way you know you start like bronze four and you go to you know silver and platinum and all that stuff so having a great time playing that i um i'm might play after we get off this podcast i have no idea but i've been playing the last few nights pretty pretty uh lengthy amount of time playing apex so i'm i've been really enjoying apex now last thing i want to talk about like you said is naruto whoa whoa whoa, whoa. No, 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 no 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 naruto no, no. naruto no. so in the show naruto. Jonathan, by the way naruto. they say they say naruto like there's two r's in the middle at least in the english you know dub version no they say naruto they don't say naruto it's so, naruto Na- naruto if you want to get, if you want to get like real into this, it's Naruto Uzumaki. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway. Like, so, if we really want to get into the weeds here. All right, so I'm just going to avoid saying. The I want to. I want to know. I want to know what made you, because you were so against it for so long. Anytime I would talk about it, you would just like roll your eyes. Even text messages, you didn't say I'm rolling my eyes, but I could feel you rolling your eyes. I was absolutely. What rolling made my eyes. you get into it? And I'm not even going to give my takes on Naruto. I love the show, but I want to know. Why you decided to watch it, what you've enjoyed about it, like is your opinion different on it? So, the uh, yes, my opinion is very different. I'm hooked on the show. I can't stop watching it, regardless. Um, <laughs> Jonathan loves what he's hearing right now. Um, I had finished a show um, and just didn't have anything else going on. I had taken, I think I had taken a nap earlier in the day or something on a week. I don't remember really. And that night just like was like, I'm too wired. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. So I texted you and I was like, hey, where can I watch the show? And uh, you told me it's on Netflix. There's like a thousand different versions it looks like on Netflix, by the way. There's like a lot of movies, yeah. And I know you talked about like, what is the one? Shaputin or something like that? Shaputin. Yeah, right. that's that going to be on Hulu. Gotcha. Okay, so they, they, there's a lot of different things. A lot of things until I don't know. It's on Hulu until you get to the point where they don't have the English dubbed episodes anymore. Then yeah. you need a VPN. If you guys need a VPN, go to ExpressVPN slash Drew, our good friend of the podcast, <laughs> Drew Gooden. Use his code. Um, but you literally need a VPN to change it to Canada so you can watch Naruto, Naruto Shippuden on Netflix with the English dubs. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I just gave it a chance. I texted you. I was like, hey, send me that. Send me the filler guide because there's there's episodes that just don't matter. Um, right. I hit my first filler episode, episode 26, I believe, uh, and skipped right over it because I could tell I forgot about the fillers. And then the episode started, and I was like, this doesn't feel relevant. There's no way. I'm not getting anywhere with the plot here. So I skipped it, and I started the and finished the first episode of season two tonight um, going through the Chunin exam. So mm. 
it's uh it's heating up a little bit. Oh, it's heating up. There's bro. there's snakes eating people, and you know, uh, clone jutsu to get out of it. It's just like it's 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 art is what it is, Jonathan. So it really um, is, dude. So yeah, I would recommend it if you guys are someone that hates on anime like me. A week ago, you know. I would heavily recommend you guys at least trying it out. Just, uh, when when you meet uh, a character named Orochimaru, just uh, just get used to him. He's gonna be around a while. Oh, Orochimaru, huh? Yeah, there's so many names, and they're all like oh, it's a lot of names. They're not American. Names that you're not used to pronouncing it. It gets very confusing for a while, but yeah, you'll, you'll get the hang of it, and then you'll find your inner weave, and you'll just find yourself like liking all these things about Japanese culture, and you're like, man, I just want to go to Tokyo <laughs> and see what's going on there. You know what I mean? But no. I texted you, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago or, you know, a few months ago. Someone I think you said was like criticizing Naruto. Yeah. And I was talking about how like holes in it and stuff, yeah, yeah, how season five is just some of the best television that I've ever seen and you like kinda scoffed at that. I cannot cannot wait for you to watch season five. I just cannot wait. It's it's still like people have talked about how good Shippuden in Shippuden is and how good like the pain arc is, and the pain arc is incredible. But like the like season five of Naruto, like the, especially the second half of season five, just had so many little plot twists that they did, and like so many things, and just like the story and everything. It's just such a great show. I, yeah. I'll, I'll stop right there. You said but, character yeah, development is great in this show, and I can see it really that it, it, it does. It's already it's already getting good here in season two. So I'm 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 pretty pumped to see kind of kind of where it leads. Is there? A- You're gonna hear people telling you that like their favorite characters are people that you absolutely hate right now. Like yeah. I know people that love Gara as one of the characters, you know, from, the, from the sand village. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how can you like Gara? He's a POS. You'll, you will love Gara. Well, I said me. that to you about, uh, what Sakura or whatever her name is. Sakura. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we'll she will grow on you. It takes a long time, but she will grow on you. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like she doesn't do anything right now. And she's somehow like here. She's just smart. But whatever. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, regardless. Um, anything else, Jonathan, do you want to talk about here before? I, I said that oh, we man. would record and it'd be like a 25-minute episode, and lo and behold, it's been 50 yep. minutes. My here wife's given up on me. She's doing dishes in the background. She usually tries to keep it down a little bit, but now she's just kind of like, ah, your time's up. So yep. that's where we're at, guys. So, All Jonathan, right. you have nothing else? Nope. Guys, that's going to do it for us. Again, we'll be back each Thursday breaking down the NBA. And uh, if you haven't noticed by now, whatever else we want, it's going to get pretty off the rail sometimes. But thank you guys so much for listening to Shoot the Shot. For Luke, this has been Jonathan. Uh, We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.